But as soon as I got into the NICU and I really started learning things, I was obsessed. I mean, I loved it. It was scary. I mean, I remember my first one pound baby and the equipment that came with it was a lot to take in, but I loved it. Welcome back to the Nurse Tori Selfie Show, where I'm on a mission to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tori Meskin, aka at Nurse Tori. I am the founder of the Selfie Podcast, a platform dedicated to fascinating people in the healthcare space. From medical field to entrepreneurs, brands, businesses, this is a platform designed to share career journeys, life tips, resource tricks, and really getting to know the person behind the journey. Across from me today is a sight for sore eyes, fellow NICU nurse, travel nurse, and now nurse practitioner student, not to mention my brunching and rosé all day queen, the most beautiful specimen, Taylor Ebner. Hey guys, Tori, thanks so much for having me. Um, I feel like I've been hearing about this podcast for months now, so it's so exciting that it's finally happening, and I'm honored that I get to be a part of it. I'm so excited to have you on. So today, I actually wanted to bring on Miss Taylor, my fellow NICU nurse, to answer a lot of fun things. And I wanted to bring her on for several reasons today, because not only is she a NICU nurse, but she's also been a travel nurse worked in multiple states. We've worked together in not one, but two children's hospitals. And like me, she is also diving into her NP school journey. So she brings a lot of value and a lot of angles and perspective to this particular episode. We're going to be covering all things NICU 101. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty of all things NICU. So enough of me and this particular episode. Let's get on to Taylor. So Taylor, can you introduce yourself to our guests? Give a little background about yourself. Yeah. So uh, I'm Taylor. I'm 29 for only six more weeks, which is really unfortunate. Um, You know, I'm from North Carolina. I was raised there, so I guess I'm a little bit Southern. I went to a boarding school in the North, so I got a little bit of North in me. Um, I went to University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Uh, Went to nursing school there, worked in Alabama for a little bit, and then started travel nursing at only 23. So it took me out here to Los Angeles, where I met Tori, maybe what, three, four years ago? Yeah. Um, And have been kind of in the LA area so LA Orange County Um, so that's kind of where I am pushing 30 and ready to kind of take the next step which will be an NP school I love that so um, we originally met at Children's Hospital when I took my first travel assignment yes and I think you were one of the first nurses that I met. I think so. And yeah. I think when I met you, I said, this girl's spunky. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to have some fun we, and together. We and we still are. Um, so something that we both uh, were talking about a little bit earlier when we were kind of going over show notes was that we currently work in a level four NICU setting. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are new to the NICU setting, so there are four levels of NICU essentially. Uh, one being the least acute and four being uh, the most most acute, highest mm-hmm. level of patient care. Um, so a lot of things we're going to talk about today are actually from the level four NICU setting perspective. So um, I just wanted to set the tone for that because um, there are a lot of other NICUs out there with far less 
um, kind of craziness going on, but we want to give you the full perspective of our NICU experience. And I'm really excited to be diving into this today. Um, so Taylor, let's go back to baby Taylor. Oh gosh. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about your story, your nursing journey, uh, why you became a nurse and things like that. So honestly, when I was young, I was always super curious when a fire truck would roll by or an ambulance. And I always just was that one that wanted to look in the window and what's going on. I wish I could follow them and see, you know, what happened to that person. So I've always been interested in medicine and more so curious. Um, and I've always kind of liked taking care of people. Uh, loved babies growing up. I was that girl with the real looking baby doll that's kind of creepy um, and took that baby like to the grocery store when I was 12. So loved babies and thought, okay, I like medicine. I like babies. Why don't I go into nursing? Um, so then I went to the University of Alabama and got into their nursing program, fortunately. Um, absolutely hated nursing school. It was awful you know I, I i i'm sure you maybe were the same so taylor and i very much agree on that on that topic specifically we i am not a student i'm we're both very i'd like to say this loosely add we're very much doers um I, school for me sitting down and doing schoolwork period is just it's really difficult like I just I don't love it I I, I hate school I hate school it, it's it's not fun it's painful. And, the, and the studying and even a nursing student going into clinicals like you roll up with your white shoes everybody knows you're just the student that's going to be there to do you know the yep. shitty work you know the bed baths the Ugh. rectal tubes I Yuck. mean just the gross stuff and it's it's a rite of passage but I hated nursing school and you know I'm glad I did it as soon as I got into my last semester I got to finally choose what I wanted to do and I was lucky enough to get into the NICU um, it wasn't a huge NICU but it was a NICU and I finally was working with babies and it was the that was the moment that everything clicked. And I said, okay, the last two years weren't a total waste. I'm not going to be changing my profession. This is what I want to do. So that's kind of where things started for me, but it was not a good start. So I did you, uh, just to clarify, so you knew, you did not know you necessarily wanted to be a NICU nurse. I mean, I th had an idea. I actually thought L&D, you know, labor and delivery, because I liked babies so much. But then I actually, I did shadow an L&D nurse and realize it's really not baby related it's all the mom and yeah. that's not what I wanted and so I saw you know I was at a delivery and I saw you know we gave birth to a in a preemie you know premature baby and handed that baby off to the NICU team and I said wait that's where I want to be I want to be getting receiving that baby I don't want to deal with the mom I don't want to deal with the adult so that's kind of where I decided okay I want to do NICU that's what I see myself doing and I feel like it's interesting I get a lot of questions via Instagram uh sledding into my dms asking how did you know you wanted to be a NICU nurse and I think I can try honestly say that I did not know I think most NICU nurses many NICU nurses don't necessarily know that's what you want to get into you just know that you love the pediatric and or baby population and because you don't know much about the NICU, you don't get exposure, true exposure to the NICU in nursing school. That just does not happen. Right. And so I think for me, it was more of narrowing down what I didn't like. Right. It's almost a process of elimination. Yes. Okay. I went and did med surge. That was awful. I went and did, you know, L&D. We didn't all love it. I will say, honestly, most NICU nurses will definitely say this, that you just don't want to do 
adult population. That's a big part of it. Um, God bless those nurses that do. I have so much respect for them, but adults in me, no. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. So that's a really good thing. How rude of me. My show producer over here is yanking on me saying he wants to interject. So this is Matthew Meskin. Hey, guys. And he is going to be producing my show with me. I'm so excited about this. Uh, Matthew just had a really great question for us. So what is a NICU nurse for all of us non-medical students out there? So for those of you who don't know, NICU stands for Neonatal Intensive Care Unit. Neonatal refers to the first 28 days of life. And we basically just specialize in taking care of newborns, premature babies. Um, We are different than most other units in the hospital. Um, So basically we will attend all deliveries that are high risk, whether it be a premature baby, a baby in distress, or a baby that has a birth defect or a disease disease process that was um, diagnosed in utero. So our goal is to stabilize that patient, get them back to the NICU, and formulate a plan of care, what we need to do to get this patient better and hopefully get them home. Yeah, and to sort of stem off of that, so we work at a children's hospital where the head team is the neonatology team full of nurses, RTs, OTs, PTs, lots of lots of different specialties. And then we also have consulting doctors, surgeons, and different uh, teams who come in. So ENT, cardiology, GI, general surgery, who all come in and also consult on our patients. So there's a lot of different entities when you're talking about a NICU, especially at a level four um, level. Well, that sounds like some pretty important stuff you guys got going on. Thanks, Matthew. All right. I want to get down to the details, the fun, the nitty gritty. So I really like learning about people's journeys personally. And so, Taylor, I really want to get into your professional role as a nurse. What was it like for you uh, as a new grad NICU nurse? So I was actually really fortunate. I got my first job pretty much two days after graduation. Um, So I started two weeks after I graduated. I did not have a long orientation process. I know here in California, sometimes it's six months you're you're on orientation with another nurse. I was only on orientation for about two and a half months. They actually pulled me off early because we needed nurses. Um, so actually, I was a little worried, you know, going through nursing school. I, I was just apprehensive on what to expect. But as soon as I got into the NICU and I really started learning things, I was obsessed. I mean, I loved it. It was scary. I mean, I remember my first one pound baby and the equipment that came with it was a lot to take in, but I loved it. And ever since then, I just dove in and enjoyed so much taking care of the babies but I I was very lucky to to get that right away yeah and I will give you a different a little bit of a different perspective so my journey for those of you who've been following me for a while know this my journey was not like that my journey um so at least getting into nursing school it took me three and a half times to get into nursing schools as far as application and then when I did graduate nursing school it took me a good solid eight months to land my first job. So that alone, I think was, you know, I think everyone's journey is a little bit different. Um, Like Taylor, I definitely knew that the NICU was something that I was very interested in. My journey, actually, I also very much wanted to go into cardiovascular intensive care unit. So that's originally where I wanted to go. And I ended up in the NICU and absolutely loving it. 
And I think that's something really important to focus on, especially for new grads or, or people in nursing school. Don't just take a job just to get the job. Um, sometimes you get the job right away like I did. And sometimes, Tori, it takes eight months. So don't settle for a job. You will get it. It just is. It It's just a hit or miss. So if you know that you love something and you want to pursue it, just try to wait it out a little bit. Now, if it takes a year or two, sometimes you may need to take a job that you don't love as much um, just to kind of and then transition into what you are interested in. But, you know, don't get discouraged if a month goes by and you don't have a job offer. It will all come together and it will all fall into place. I would agree with that. And if you do end up taking a job that you're not so in love with, nowadays, what I love about this is a lot of hospitals and organizations have started things like fellowship programs and transitional programs for nurses. So if you've started in a different unit and you are interested in pursuing something such as the NICU, which is definitely a lot more boutique of a unit, there's a lot of transitional programs, which is out there, which is great for a lot of nurses. So there's a lot of options. It's fabulous. Okay, let's dive into a little bit of the NICU fun stuff. So Taylor, tell me what is your favorite part of working in the NICU setting? So I think one of the coolest things about NICU is we have babies that will be there for three, four, five, six, seven months. Um, So you really get to know the babies in the unit and their families it's like a little community the turnover isn't super high like other units where patients come in get sick and get better and go home we can grow these babies for months on end so it's really fun coming into work and kind of saying hi to the babies in the morning or seeing their family and getting to know them and really kind of you feel like you're in a little bubble community of NICU and in watching these babies grow is so fun yeah I agree I feel like that's definitely something very unique to our setting is that you know especially when you're working in the level three level four NICUs when these babies are here with us for possibly up to a year sometimes I mean we have babies from like you know as short as a week up to as long as a year you develop these amazing relationships with these families I would say one of my most favorite things to do is probably teaching dads specifically diaper diaper changes first baths first baths are always really fun um you know you got you get to be the person to really um sort of liaison these parents into being parents because a lot of times these are first-time parents who have never had a child and they're probably not exposed to babies so they have no idea what to do so we get to be the one to teach them all the tips and tricks about how to be a parent um so and it's really fun I think you the number one thing I think the most fun when you're a NICU nurse is really developing those relationships. Something else I really also loved in the beginning um, was honestly the adrenaline rush. Yeah. Because these babies keep you on your Or a high-risk delivery that you don't know what's going to come out. Yep. And not, you know, not knowing and, you know, resuscitating a baby and just kind of working on your toes is it is a huge adrenaline rush and it's a lot of fun you never know what you're gonna get in a delivery right especially when it's a high-risk delivery yeah so what do we mean by high-risk we mean um typically these are babies and or moms that we know um are going to have complications in their pregnancy so whether it's um preterm labor pre-ruptured membranes uh, multiples, cardiac, diagnosed cardiac anomalies, 
Any congenital anomaly. Um, any congenital anomaly. So these are things where you're, we are notified that, you know, the high-risk delivery is coming and we attend the delivery and you don't know what you're going to get. It's a little scary sometimes. On the flip side, Taylor, what is, in your opinion, the hardest part of being a NICU nurse? I think most people will agree with me that the hardest part is the parents. <laughs> Love the parents. Yes. You know, I'm so glad that they're there. But when you're dealing with their little baby, you know, young, they will act in ways that they never thought they would act. I mean, they're just so protective and they are putting all of their their trust in you to take care of their baby. And I don't blame them. I would be a crazy psycho if my baby was in the NICU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything you do, you have to explain to them and you're under a microscope. So I think that is probably the hardest part. And I think most NICU nurses will agree because you are – in charge of their brand new baby and they have absolutely no power over what what happens i would agree i feel like so given the fact that we do this day in and day out we're so used to what we do and then having to explain it i think a a thousand billion times is it is hard and i think that's something where we have to check ourselves and be like no they don't know parents don't know what's going on we have to take a step back and we have to explain everything that's going from square one it can be it can be very overwhelming or not overwhelming but it can be somewhat frustrating because you're like okay this is just normal this is what we do we know how this goes this is the normal especially with preemies because preemie courses are extremely predictable we know how preemies react to things regardless of what the um, situation is or like how their course goes there's a very finite way that course courses go when you're a preemie so explaining this to parents I think can be a little right something as simple to us as a blood transfusion you know most preemies need blood transfusions multiple times Um, it's a normal thing for us you explain it to the parents and they think it's this huge thing which it is to their baby and then of course you have the doctors coming in here giving consents and I have they have to tell them pretty much the worst possible case which doesn't help us and so now they've heard the worst thing that can happen and they're going to stick to that you know and so then they question you and to us it's it's just a simple blood transfusion we do it every day you know here it's it's something we're used to so it just can be very difficult yeah I would agree what do you think is a common misconception that we get in the NICU setting that we're pretty much just changing diapers and popping <laughs> bottles. Um, a lot of people I tell, you know, that don't know NICU, I say I'm a nurse and I work with babies. They kind of, their mind goes to newborn nursery. Yeah. Which is what most people have always seen on TV, on everything. You know, the baby sitting in the little, you know, um, bassinets yeah, wrapped in pink and blue blankets. That's not what it is. I mean, we have, we, you know, it's just, it's a lot more complex than that. So, I think that's kind of the biggest misconception is I'm not just kind of babysitting I think a newborn. Something that I think we really hone in on, especially because you and I were both grown as NICU nurses from uh, university hospitals or from teaching hospitals. So in those settings, um, a really big aspect of that is learning and, and um, evidence-based practice. And for us in the NICU setting, things are changing so rapidly and we're learning so much about literally how to grow a human being Mm -hmm. and that in itself is so complex people don't I don't I think the common misconception I would want to do or the myth buster here would be 
that we are thinking, we have to think about so many different systems all in one moment. So one medication that we are giving could affect X, Y, and Z. Even though it's fixing one thing, it's also could affect another system in a very different way. So it's you have to really think about the whole patient every body system, how it affects everything, you know, how we're protecting the brain, how we're protecting the heart and the lungs and the eyes and, you know, how we're growing this human being from um, often, you know, in the premature, you know, and I'm thinking right now more in the premature setting versus the newborns that we get who are diagnosed with other cardiac or surgical anomalies, things like that. But in the preemie population, you're literally having to grow a human being, which is crazy. I mean, and you're the last line as the nurse you're the last line before the baby so you yes you have doctors and you have pharmacists and you have other people writing your orders but you are the one actually giving those orders and you are the one that can stop something that is wrong pretty much I mean we work with a lot of residents and a lot of new doctors in training that don't necessarily know everything about you know, the babies. So we're responsible for advocating for the patient, knowing their background, knowing their history, everything that has to do with that baby. And if something is ordered incorrectly or something is not right for that baby, we're the ones that ultimately should be calling that out and, you know, questioning back the doctor's decision. So, you know, we're not just there feeding and changing diapers. We're there to kind of be that in between between the baby and the doctor and make sure that everything kind of runs smoothly. What do you think is the most important aspect of being a NICU nurse? Sort of stemming off of that question, like what do you think getting down to the real nitty gritty of being a NICU nurse, like what do you think is the most Knowing important? your patient. I mean, there, there are some nurses that come in, they read their orders and they do as they're told. Um, But I think what makes a good nurse is somebody that comes in, reads the history, reads the notes from all the specialties. If you have a baby that has cardiology, GI, you know, um, ENT following them, neuro, these are all different doctors than love them to death, but sometimes they don't agree. So they all have a different plan. They want this to happen or they want this, but they don't sometimes don't talk to each other so for me my first thing I come in and I read all of the most recent notes from every specialty and make sure that everybody's on the same page because there are so many times that you will catch two different plans that don't necessarily work and you need to kind of go to your neonatologist who is the one who is looking over the baby as a whole and saying hey GI wants to do this but cardiology does not so what do we need to do here yeah I would agree with that, kind of stemming off of that. I mean, uh, as many of you know, I'm also working in other parts of the hospital as a critical care nurse. And I would actually agree with that being just, not just specifically a NICU nursing, but just being a nurse in general. One of the things that I think is the most important is looking at those notes. Something that I don't think that we talk about enough is the role of a nurse, especially at the bedside, where you are coordinating so many different teams and keeping everyone up to date on really what's going on with the patient because we really do. We are the ones that know exactly what's going on with that patient at the bedside. And I do feel like something that is frustrating is when a doctor comes in and assumes that we're still on the plan that it was 24 hours ago and you're like, nope, actually this is where we're at and trying to update everybody and keep everybody in the loop, um, including the parents. 
So it can be it can be a lot. Um, I also think that the critical thinking aspect is huge. And if you're listening, thinking you want to go into NICU nursing, don't let this scare you. Critical thinking is not something you necessarily learn in nursing school. It gives you the foundation, but it comes with experience. So don't think, oh wow, I don't I don't have that critical thinking you know ability right now or I don't feel like I'm confident enough for that nobody's confident enough that's what you learn and as long as you're willing to learn and ask questions that critical thinking will come so don't think like I'm not smart enough for that or I don't have it will come it it just comes with experience yeah I would agree with that another question that I had on here for Taylor was what was something that you wish you had known becoming a NICU nurse and for me Something that I used to get so overwhelmed with was the idea of how do you know what to do when? Like, how do you know what to do when your patient is coding? How do you know what to do when certain things arise? And I just have to tell you that honestly, that is just something that comes with experience and comes with time. And as you learn as you, as a nurse and as you grow, those are just things that you learn. You know, it just starts as little as something as understanding how to write out your report well and then understanding concepts of like heart rate and how that affects pain and respirations and your ventilator settings and how to assess your patient and you just start to learn these things and asking questions from the nurses around you you start growing as a nurse and you start understanding your patient concepts and I feel like people get too overwhelmed with the idea of you know how am I going to know what to do when when you just sort of do it Yeah. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed when you talk to a nurse that's been, you know, in that field for 10, 15 years and you're like, wow, they know so much. I feel so stupid. Well, it's just I always feel stupid. Yeah. Experience and asking questions and you'll never not know things. I mean, I feel like every, you know, day I get there and I'm asking a question of what does this mean? I mean, and, and you can ask a nurse of 40 years and she may still not know. So it's not you know, it's not a all of a sudden you reach a point and now you you know what you're doing. Yeah. It's something you learn day in and day out. Every day at work, you learn something new. Like I think it day. took me personally a good solid three and a half years before I felt like a good, like an adequate NICU nurse. How long do you think it took right. you? I, I would say about there, two, three years till I finally felt like, okay, I'm confident enough to really you know, go in and and get the sickest patient. But even now, eight years later, you know, I'm still, I still question things, you know, tons of things. And that's the most important thing is you never just know that you're never going to be know it all. And if you do feel like you know it all, then something's wrong. You know, you should never feel like you know it all because medicine is always changing. Always. That's the one thing I can say, honestly, in the healthcare setting, no matter who you are is, Healthcare is changing. Roles are changing. Uh, higher education is getting pushed through more and more. I would say that that's one thing to expect becoming a nurse, no matter what role you are in or what unit. Just expect change. Always. And you're always learning, which is the great thing about it. So. Yeah, I love it. I get this question a lot via Instagram. Um, a lot of people will come in to slide into the DMs and ask this. So, how do you feel like, you know, learning your skills, for example, IV starts and NG tubes, um, how do you get good at those things? Like, how do you feel like, how did you get good? Or what do you think is something you're strong at? Or how would someone, you know, kind of curate all those skills? 
I mean, again, experience. Um, I just think trying, I mean, I still don't think that I'm great at IVs. I mean, I'm not, there there are nurses there. I think it's literally you're born with it. I mean, I'm better at art sticks, you know, which we can't do at our current hospital, but that was kind of my thing. But I still don't think I'm wonderful at IVs. I think I can, you know, I can do it, but I still, you know, eight years down the road, I'm still, you know, not 1000% confident in my IV skills. NG tubes, great. You do a thousand of them and you're good. You know, we do those every day. You can do those in your sleep. But most skills, I feel like it's just with practice. But again, you're going to be better at things, some things than you are at others. I mean, that's just how it is. I would agree. The other thing too, which I would say is a great tip to all of you new nurses out there, um, when you're trying, when you are becoming a, ner- a new nurse, the best thing I would say is get nosy. Get nosy and get busy. Get in so, there. Get in there. So what do I mean by that? If there is a code, go help with that code. If someone is trying to start an IV or do a line change or is prepping for surgery and you have a minute to chart, I'm sorry, you need to get your ass up and go help them. Like to me, it's like I took every advantage and I still do take every advantage of every situation where I can be helping someone because you may learn something from that person that you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could do it that way. Or, you know, finding, learning from other nurses. I think the biggest thing I would say is get busy. Um, Come in very humbly and asking people like, okay, how are you doing this? Like, I don't understand, you know, and learning from people. I think that's one of the best things, you know, practicing with them, um, especially as a new nurse. And I think older nurses will respect you so much. You may be scared to go ask them to help or to learn, but I personally, if a new grad comes up to me and says, hey, I'm not sure how to do that. Can I watch or can you explain, you know, what you're doing? Absolutely. Because we were all there. We were all in those, you know, your shoes. So don't be scared to ask somebody or, or intimidated, you know, get in there. And, you know, I love to you know, share my knowledge of what I know, because I know that that's what I liked when I was a new grad. Do you have a favorite population that you like to work with, like in the NICU? As far as like patients? diagnosis or? or... Um, I think you and I both really have liked the cardiac kids Love lately. Cardiac kids. Uh, I think it's kind of, <laughs> they're pretty acute and they're pretty, um, you never know where they're going to go. I mean, yeah. you do, but you know, you really have to be on it. So I think, I think you and I both have gotten a lot of experience with a lot of different babies. So a lot of things kind of come easy to us now. Yeah. And I think cardiac um, is something that we're still learning. And I think that's why we love it. Yeah. It's something that we can learn and we have to be really quick on our toes and really use our skills that we've learned to kind of manage that patient. Cardiac anomalies, especially in the baby population, can be very complex and also very very nerving because um, the NICU population typically when you're talking about codes and resuscitation, um, babies typically when you're coding them, it's everything is airway. It's all airway. It's all about your seal, your mask, your PIP, your PEEP, your ventilator support, things like that. However, when you're talking about cardiac patients, your airway may not save you. So it's very scary. So we love it. I mean, I love thinking about you really have to think about the whole system and things like that. So um, we both really love that. Something else that you guys should know. uh, I feel like, Taylor, you're very good with trachs. I love trachs. Most people hate trachs. I hated them when I started. So can you explain what a trach 
is. Yeah, a tracheostomy is a tube that goes in your neck, basically. If you're an adult and you're intubated for more than a week, they normally get a trach. Um, so it's just a longer term ventilator that bypasses your, the, the, you know, the reason that being intubated through your mouth, you know, the breathing tube through your mouth is bad is because it goes through your, your voice box and your vocal cords and it can cause long-term damage. So long term, if you need a ventilator, you get a tracheostomy, it goes below your vocal cords. So it doesn't harm that. And it's just a lot more comfortable. Um, most people, I feel like most nurses just hate drakes in general. They spit out juice, like they're gross you suction them but I've had a lot of patients that I've taken care of long term with them and I feel like it's just my thing so call it gross but I'd way rather a trach than an ostomy so So, (laughs) I would agree with that (laughs) Taylor and I started working together at a children's hospital and I had been a nurse for about three and a half years and I remember walking up to Taylor and watching her with her she had an associate that she was working with for I don't know, six months. At the time, it was probably like three months. What's an associate? You're going to have to explain that. So we call them associates, whatever you may call it around the country. Um, if you are primarying a baby, so it was her primary. So essentially what you can do is as a nurse, when you're caring for a patient, you can sign up to work with them exclusively or, you know, be a... Um, I don't know. Basically, you're their nurse mama bear. Nurse mom. And yeah. You're responsible for making And so sure. I was watching her work with her with her baby, and she was so comfortable with the trachs, the trach changes. Um, and I can tell you, when you are working with these little ones, and you have literally millimeters to work with as no far neck. as room. Yeah. Our babies have no necks. They have no necks. And so it's really scary because these trachs can pop out. And as I told you earlier, airway is everything in the NICU setting. So it's very scary when those trachs come dislodged. And she was very comfortable with it. And I've learned a lot from you as both a friend and a fellow NICU nurse peer. Um, I love learning from her. And I think that's a big tip to all of you guys is really learning from the nurses who are good at their their craft or their thing and getting more comfortable and taking the time to help them. And I, the amount of times that I think I was helping you, I felt more comfortable with my trach changes and my trach ties and things like that. And that's how it works. Yeah. You just learn from each other. Yeah. I would say that's probably just in the nurse world. Taylor and I have worked in several different hospitals and settings. Just getting to know people. I I think, and I was just thinking about this, I think one of the greatest things about our jobs is that we work with 30, 40 people every day. You know, we're in a unit for 12 hours. It is a very long day. There's definitely some downtime. I mean, it, it's really busy, but there's definitely times where people were just sitting around and mm-hmm. you're around all of your friends. I mean, I, yeah. I think that's one of the fun things. And, you know, wherever you work, the other person, the people you're working with have similar goals or personalities I mean you you kind of pick that job because you are that kind of person so I love going to work it's different people every day and I just love being around my friends all the time yeah I it's funny because Taylor and I have talked about this quite a bit in the past but I work at two different facilities and I will say that I definitely prefer one facility over the other the one that obviously I work with with Taylor because it's so much fun it is. And the jokes we play, I mean, it's not all just craziness. I mean, you get to know everybody so closely and the pranks that we play on each other. I mean, 
honestly, I feel like NICU is probably a little more vulgar than a lot of hospitals or a lot of units because our babies can't really understand us. I think that we have really sick humor. So we have really dark humor um, because you have to and also because we don't have anybody listening. I mean, we have parents, (laughs) but our babies love them to death. A lot of them are in, you know, incubators. These babies listen, they know. And they don't, you know. They don't really understand, yeah. so we don't really have much of a filter, but it's, really it's fun. fun. Yeah, it is you really know? fun. I do think that's another tip for me, for all of you out there, is if you are not happy in your role or you know the job that you're in, I would highly advise you to change it because... You have to be happy. You have to be happy in your job. I really believe that. I really believe that the minute I was not happy in my role, if I had stayed at my original hospital and not branched out, I never would have met Taylor. Right. I never would have met you. I never would be. I, I would be in so many different places than I am in my life right now. I branched out. And I think if you are someone that is unhappy in your job or you're not feeling you're feeling a little complacent or you're feeling unhappy go change it up and don't be afraid to leave just because you're comfortable where you are I mean I was definitely there when I started traveling I was worried you know I don't know what I'm doing at this hospital blah 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 but people will welcome you and teach you you know their unit and 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 welcome you uh, some places okay some places some places yeah. you know there are other places that don't accept you as much yeah but don't be afraid to leave just because you're comfortable you know if you're unhappy there is a unit for you I've worked in multiple and I've loved and I've loved a lot of them but there's definitely more that I prefer yes. so you will find your place but you have to be happy it's long days you have to lean on the people that you work with so if you're not happy with your coworkers or or where you are change so let's segue into that actually because I think that's a really interesting part especially in the NICU world um how did you get into travel nursing um tell me a little bit about your experience and why you decided to travel nurse the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I had always heard about travel nursing um, in nursing school, and I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really good opportunity. Um, So I was working in my first job for only a year, and I actually had the opportunity to start traveling after that usually they want about two years but because I had worked at a level four and it was really busy unit um, they were able to you know offer me a job this this next hospital that I went to in Los Angeles Um, so I kind of just started I was very nervous I was still a new nurse and I had no idea really what I was doing but I just dove in head first and I can tell you my first couple days on that unit I was shitting my pants I mean I I had came from a delivery hospital I went to a surgical hospital so I really didn't know what I was doing but Again, if you just ask questions and are able to say you don't know what you're doing, you know, I don't know how to manage this kind of patient. Can you teach me? You'll learn. So I think that's, yeah. you know, I just, I, I thought it was really cool to go see other hospitals and how, you know, other hospitals work. And I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Like I, so I was a nurse for about three and a half years prior to my first travel assignment. 
And I definitely felt at that three and a half year mark or three years even, I was I was ready to branch out and see something new. And I think getting out of my comfort zone and learning from another facility and how um, another organization does things and how those nurses do those things and getting out of your comfort zone really makes you a better nurse. It just makes you more well-rounded. Makes too. you well-rounded. I mean, I think- you learn how to do things a little differently. And then the safety nets that you're used to in your home unit, you don't have when you move to another one. And so you have to really check yourself when you're in an, in a unit that you don't know. Right. And I think it makes you a better nurse. It makes you feel you're, you get out of your comfort zone. You're like, oh my gosh, I would know in my head that pharmacy does X, Y, and Z here, but now I'm in a new unit. So I have to check this and make sure everything is correct. I think it just makes you a better nurse. Yeah. It just makes you more adaptable too. And I think being in one place it's great if you you know you love the unit but for me looking back I've been to about six hospitals I've learned something at each hospital and you know all hospitals do one thing but all hospitals do that one thing six different ways yeah so you can really get a good perspective and like see how everybody does something and then you could figure kind of kind of figure out what is the best way whereas if you're just at one hospital you only are taught one thing so I think being able to go to multiple hospitals and see how they do things is really beneficial. Okay, and I would like to segue into this area of nursing. So here's the beauty of nursing. The beauty of nursing is there are so many ways to go in your career. And both Taylor and I are segueing our journeys into the nurse practitioner role. Uh, both for kind of different reasons, but I really want to dive into that a little bit. So Taylor, why don't we start off with you and talk a little bit about your decision to become a nurse practitioner. Our NICU population is so small and mighty, and I couldn't think of a more perfect episode to be talking about this baby wellness product line. If you've been with me over on Insta, this is not a new product to you. I'm talking about BEB Organic. From brain development to improved sleep and a sense of calm, this is a product line that offers a unique, clinically validated list of ingredients with smooth textures and a touch to set up babies for a lifetime of great health. Best Ever Baby spares no expense to formulate their products. They use the purest, most nutrient-dense ingredients that are transparently sourced from organic farmers and trusted partners. BEB has developed a skincare line for newborn skin and is also pregnancy safe. This line is allergy tested, non-GMO certified, cruelty free, a vegan product, and made here in the USA with the best source worldwide ingredients. If you're interested in trying out their products, head over to www.beborganic.com. This line is not only safe for your NICU babies, but also your littles at home. And don't be afraid to use the good stuff on yourself too. You deserve it. All right, back to the show. So I'm actually doing neonatal nurse practitioner school um, starting in January. Um, So basically, I'm going to be staying in the NICU. I love the NICU. I've been doing it for eight years, but I feel like I can do a little more. Um, I feel like I want to be a higher level as far as providing for the patients. Um, So I'm kind of going into basically staying in my realm, but advancing my my career and advancing my knowledge and, and hopefully providing more higher level of care to these patients. Um, So for me, um, it's interesting because I feel like Taylor and I have very similar yet different uh, reasons for going back to get to obtain our nurse practitioners. So the first thing I actually want to 
sort of like put out as a PSA is Taylor and I were talking about this is getting your experience first and really the value behind getting your foundation as a nurse prior to going back to get your NP. So basically what a nurse practitioner does is they work under a doctor and they're, you know, they're a mid-level provider. So they're between basically the nurse and the doctor. So the doctor makes the ultimate decisions. He's the one liable, but then you have a nurse practitioner that is kind of like the wingman or, you know, somebody that works under them. um, And that is kind of a liaison between the doctor and the nurse. So as a nurse, I would rather listen to a nurse practitioner that has been bedside and knows where I am because that's their role you know they it's hard for me to listen to an order from somebody a nurse practitioner who's never been in my shoes so I think getting your experience first really kind of doing the hard work and the bedside yeah is really important I think the value really stands in knowing what you're talking about and um, so that being this all being said leading into my reason becoming a, of a nurse practitioner so I'm sort of just at the point where I'm burnt out of really the hospital setting and just burnt out of the ICU setting versus it's not so much the patients. It's not the patients that I'm burned out. I love the NICU population. I love NICU, but I just am at a point um, after seven years of working bedside, I'm ready for a new scene. I'm ready for maybe even preventative care, being able to get outside of the hospital setting and find something else where I'm able to help in a different way. So with that being said, I mean, there's a, just a different path for every person and to each his own. You know, Tori noticed that she's yeah. getting a little burnt out at bedside. So she feels like there's something else she needs to do. She's going to go the FNP route, which I think she's going to be amazing at. And that's something that's calling her. I don't feel the burnout in the NICU in the acute setting. Um, so I know that acute hospital setting is for me. So I'm going right. to go and continue to get my education on hospital high acuity in the NICU and become a provider there. Okay, let's talk about this a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about the scope of practice with an NNP, aka neonatal nurse practitioner, and that role. Yeah, so the neonatal nurse practitioner works in the in the hospital setting. Occasionally, you can work at maybe an outpatient high-risk infant follow-up, but for the most part, and some people see this as a downside, as a neonatal nurse practitioner, you are in the hospital because premature babies, sick babies can't be outpatient. Um, but pretty much, I'm going to be working, kind of like I said earlier, I would be working in between the nurse and the doctor. So I have a doctor that is ultimately above me that I can go to if I have need any help, but I also am a step above the nurse where I can write orders and I can make decisions gives me a little bit more autonomy. Um, so pretty much you are making decisions. You're rounding on patients similar to the doctor, but you have kind of the doctor there to help you out on, you know, critical decisions. So- I will say also just to kind of every state's a little different. So in some states um, and and nurse practitioners in general have much more scope of practice um, and do not necessarily work under physicians or MDs. However, here in the state of California, um, every nurse practitioner has to get signed off on the patient chart. So um, that being said, the role in California is probably, it could be a little different, I think, than other places, but as an NNP, um, she'd be working under an MD, essentially. 
And some that doesn't necessarily mean the MD is there. There are some hospitals where it is just a nurse practitioner at yes. night or during the day. Um, so, you know, you really are going to deliveries. You are the one that is making the decisions. You do minor procedures. You intubate. You may do a chest tube, um, lumbar puncture. So you're doing a lot of the role as a do- of the doctor, um, but you aren't liable. And ultimately, you are underneath the... Yeah the doctor yeah per se yeah it definitely increases your scope of practice which is great something that um i've gotten that question quite a bit of you know why are you not going back to get your nnp and to be quite honest with you i think that for me i just don't want to lock myself down to the hospital setting and when you do when you're signing up to become a neonatal nurse practitioner you're really signing up to do hospital setting exclusively um, and so for someone like Taylor, who's very much um, engaged in that and really wants to continue on with the same population and stay in that setting, it's a very great option. Um, something else that I would uh, maybe PSA for a couple people is to really do your research on your geographical area, because some areas higher NNPs more than others. I would say that we live in a very metropolitan area where there's plenty of jobs, there's lots of opportunities. Um, But I would say, for example, in some place, I went to University of Arizona, Bear Down, and um, the hospitals that were much more desirable were run exclusively by MDs or attendings. And so there was no opportunity for NNPs. So you just really have to do your research and see, you know, are they hiring or maybe even network a little bit, you know, because maybe, for example, you're working in a hospital where NNPs are not being utilized, but you're an, a nurse who's interested in that and you want to see, you know, kind of get a feeler for it. So you kind of bring it up to a doctor. I think that that's definitely, I think curating and finding a space of where you want to work and um, really doing your research on what you want long term. And I think I think mid-level providers are really going to be in high demand yes. in the near future. I mean, if you think about it, how much does a doctor get paid versus how much a nurse practitioner gets paid? And I'm not saying yeah. nurse practitioners don't get paid well, but it's nowhere near a doctor's role. So yeah. if you can have one doctor and five NPs that kind of work all at the same level almost. I mean, of course, think about it. Healthcare is changing all the time. You know, a lot of places are going to transition to NPs more because they can do a lot with just one or two doctors above them as opposed to paying 10 doctors and having one NP. So I just think, you know, it's always changing. There's always opportunities. Just because there's not an opportunity now doesn't mean there's not going to be one in five years. Right. I do feel like the mid-level provider roles are expanding astronomically right now. Um, And by mid-level provider, I mean nurse practitioner or physician assistant. Those roles, especially in metropolitan areas, LA and Orange County, um, in our areas, you know, and I do think it's it's very much a state-to-state thing. It's a city-to-city thing. Um, And so doing your due diligence and knowing, one, what you want, and two, is it feasible is really important when you're making this decision to go back to school. Um, and you know, I mean, I do feel like as a nurse, having that foundation is, is critical. All right, Tay. So what do you think is your biggest piece of advice for someone who's starting to become a nurse or wants to get into the NICU or the nurse world? Don't get discouraged. Like I said before, nursing school was awful. I hated it. It was 
I mean, nursing care plans. Oh my God, I wish I would never hear that word again. Um, But just know that you will find an area that you love and you'll find a job that makes you happy. You may not find it the first time around, maybe not even the second time around, but keep looking. There's so many different options, what you can do with nursing. Just get your nursing degree. It is a great thing to have and just continue on. There's going to be shitty days, but you will find something that makes you so happy. Yeah, I feel like my piece of advice would be if you're trying to get into the field is just keep going. I know for me personally, my journey was very difficult. Getting into nursing school was awful. Um, And also to keep in mind that we all have different journeys. So although you may think you want to be somewhere, maybe your journey is leading you somewhere else that you have no idea and you don't foresee this, but it may end up actually being something that you're meant to do. So embrace your journey. The other thing I would say that I think is really important, and we don't really value this or say this enough in the healthcare field, but really embrace the idea of you catch more bees with honey. Um, I think being nice and being courteous and on the daily has gotten me much farther in my career and just saying hi to people, getting to know people around you and networking has literally helped me in my career so much. I mean, I, in the beginning of my career, I think you know, I said yes to so many things and I became a part of everything. And, you know, now I've kind of held back a little bit, but being nice to people and really networking has really helped me go far in my career. And, you know, getting to know your secretaries, getting to know um, the people who are cleaning up your, what do they call them? The people who clean up your rooms? EBS. EBS. Love them. I love them. Like, get to know the people around you. Um, they make your lives a lot easier. Get to know your charge nurses really well. Um, if you have a float coming into your um, unit or traveler, get to know them. And even on a personal level, you know, yes. like you, you're with these people knowing them more than just their career is important because you have to rely on them and so if you get if you form a connection with them your day is going to be a lot better yeah I think my care with patients especially with um your immediate team is so much more productive when you know them well when you trust them you know this is kind of where the whole concept behind nursing is earning your stripes I kind of I do I'm a big believer in that just from the fact that experience is everything. And when you've been in a code with someone or when you've been in a stressful situation and you're, you know, doing NRP on a kid or you're, you know, taking a kid to surgery and post-op care with them and you're in a stressful, it, it bonds you in a really odd way. Um, but really being nice uh, for how you ask things. And I get it. Not everyone is super sugary, super fabulous. You know, there are some salty AF people out oh, there. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's just part of it, but you, I, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the salty person. I just feel like in my personal life and in my, I really, in my nursing career, I really try to be a kind person, a nice person. And I think that has gotten me very far. And I don't think that that is valued enough in healthcare period. Agreed. So preach it, sister. Preach. All right, as we wrap it up here with Miss Taylor, I've decided I want to end each episode with a question. And so, Miss um, Taylor, what is important to you outside of your career? And I, you think something that makes you uh, a better nurse? 
I mean, honestly, taking time to turn my brain off and not think about nursing, you know, it's it's a big part of my life, but it's not my whole life. And for me, I love to sit on the couch and watch a worthless show or I love to go to the beach with you a lot of the time and sit and drink wine (laughs) and do absolutely nothing. So for me, that's what keeps me sane, me time and just turning my brain off. I mean, it's not all about nursing. There's a lot of other things. So friends socializing I mean that's I think that's a really important part of people in healthcare is um you know having yourself outside of your career working out that's a big one too love have to working out having your things that really reinvigorate you to keep your career going because I do think like the burnout is real you guys yep For me, I mean, I know Taylor is not as much as I am, but I think finding something that really reinvigorates you and, you know, you can enjoy your life outside of nursing. Yeah, have a passion outside of it because it will make it more special and it'll make you be able to do it long term if it's not everything your brain is doing all the time. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Taylor, for coming on today. Thank you. Now time to go open some wine. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening. I truly value your time and look forward to bringing you more selfie shows. In order to support the show, please head over to rate and review the show. Let me know what you think. I really want to hear from you. Please be sure to follow us on Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtory.com. And be sure to check out those show notes below. Uh, There's a lot of information down there about our guests and sponsors and thank you so much for listening catch you guys next time